Hey, Haber Show listeners. Before we get to the Haber Show, a little heads up. Years and years ago, back when I had a full head of hair, Amin El Hassan and I used to do this thing at ESPN called True Hoop TV Live, where we recorded a podcast, but also got to mix it up with our listeners live during the show. And it was awesome. We missed that experience. And so now we're going to be doing a live Haber Show show on the Stereo app every Wednesday night. Stereo is a live conversation app where you can be a co-host, take part in the conversation, or just simply kick back and listen to us. If you want to hang out with us on the live show, answer some trivia, or maybe ask us that pressing question you wished we addressed on the most recent pod, or you just want to make fun of us, go download the Stereo app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for a live version of the Haber Show pod. Last week, we answered over 60 questions from the audience. 60! So join us. That could be you asking us a question uh, every Wednesday night for a live Haber show on the Stereo app. To get in on it, follow me. I'm at Haberstro to learn when we're going to be live next. Download the Stereo app. Follow me at Haberstro, and we'll talk to you there. Welcome to the Haber Show. As always, I am joined by Levitard Show, Sirius XM, NBA analyst, host, Amin El Hassan, the pirate himself. What's going on, man? No, what's good, man? I'm, I'm really excited to talk about the Hornets again for the seventh week in a row. Oh, did you see what LaMelo Ball did? Oh, my God. We yeah, could spend two killing. hours talking about him. And we do. We end up doing that every week. <laughs> we talk about the Hornets somehow, one way or another. Um. Joining us today is Mr. Uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. I, I got to admit something, Chris. My wife was yeah. doing the spring cleaning extra early this year, and I think the jersey got donated to Goodwill, the, uh, the Metro PCS basketball oh, no. game that you, you set up, which was probably top five of my journalistic career is playing in that media game uh, out in the Bay. But I think I think the jersey itself is 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 going to goodwill. It could go for a lot of money one day, Chris. Did you at least sign it? So I don't think I did. Did you did you sign yours? Like what you how many I know you had a lot Brain. of jerseys from that that week that he's, day. He's got we his played, brain. Chris, you jumped on every team. So I know you got a lot of jerseys. <laughs> well, look, a lot of teams, that that word a lot can be taken a, a bunch of different ways. I was on two different teams. I have both those jerseys, and they're hanging up. Oh, so you got, like, in your basement or something, you've got a memorabilia yes. room, and that's... Yes, yes. And they How really many stay. jerseys do you have I, on the wall there? I haven't. So I just moved into a new place. Uh, we moved about two months, two months ago. And so I haven't had them put them up on the wall as of yet. But I have... I've got about five... Five jerseys. My pride and joy that I have that's on its way is the Damian Lillard bubble jersey. Him in the bubble with the um see he had on the back. It's when they had the um the social justice messaging on the back. Yeah, the slogan. I, yeah. I, I forgot what his was, but that is on the way. That's gonna be my pride and joy right there. Sign Lillard, that's gonna be on the wall. That's pretty great. Um, how did you get that? Did you just be like, hey, did you do that like jersey swap after the game? Nah. You're like, hey, man, I just reported so, the heck out of this game for TNT. I, 
uh, I'm gonna be for real. I'm gonna be for real. So Spears got Spears got a couple. Mark Spears, ESPN's undefeated. He got a couple of jerseys uh, from you know players in the bubble, and I was like, whoa! He was just talking. It was like me. It was Steve Smith, and uh, yeah, me, Steve Smith, and Spears. We were all in the bubble talking. Spears said, "How you got a couple?" I ain't gonna say. I'll let him say whatever if he want to do with the, the players. And then Smitty was right there. He was like, "Yeah, I'm getting." Because I think Smitty got one jerseys of um, Udonis Haslam. You right. know, they, they used to play together back, you know, back in the right, day. Right, right. And Smitty was the one that talked me into. He was like, "Chris, understand this. This is a once in a lifetime history situation here in the bubble. History where the players playing in this bubble." And they have any social justice messages on the back of the jersey. That's a once in a lifetime thing. It was like this is big to have one of these these jerseys. And I'm like, who can I call to get a jersey? Like I'm gonna call Dame. I'll call my boy Dame. And so I I just hit Dame, and it's funny he said that um it was good that I called at that time because he was donating some to I forgot who it was, and he had one left. Oh wow! So I got you. Yeah, and so no, that's that's cool. That's 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 gonna be my far my my most prized possession jersey. Tom, Tom, if you had to request one bubble jersey, what would it be? Oh, it's Ish Smith. (laughs) Was he in the bubble? He wasn't in the bubble. Washington Wizards, bro. Where are they? Were in the bubble? That's right. I forgot. Oh man. Yeah, that's why he was Washington. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask you. Is is like um, what's the procedure there? Does he wash it? Was it game worn or was it clean? Like what's the move there? No, it was it was, it was game worn. I don't know what I don't know what game it is. I guess I gotta find that out. But no, they had you know they had multiple jerseys, probably like maybe upwards of fifteen, mm. um, depending on how long you were there, you know, in mm. the bubble. Mm. But uh, no, definitely, definitely, it's going to be washed. It, you know, it has to be washed. I, I don't know that the value. Goes go fluctuate depending on if you smell must or not. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like football where they want the grass stains on it. Or like basketball yeah, jerseys, like, it, it looked the same. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. I can't. So no, I'm this not, smells too fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yo, you Dave, do you got another one, know. man? Like this one, I can't do. I'm sorry. I appreciate it, but are you sure you don't have another one out there? Yeah, I mean it's like I know there's perfume out there. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's perfume that um certain people that they uh they make this perfume and the perfume smells like themselves. And you nah. know, some women do this. You, you ain't heard this? Nah. You ain't heard this? Nah. You ain't heard <laughs> what? This? Check out Erica Badu's. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that ain't so that smells like a particular part of Erica Badu. Oh no. That wasn't just like Erica Badu jogging. That's not what that smells like. <laughs> I mean she could have been jogging. She yeah. could have been jogging. You know. <laughs> you oh know. man. Yo, Chris, you mentioned, you mentioned you're in a new spot right now. Um I did listen to your your uh, tribute pod uh, with Mark Stein, Mark Spears about uh, Seku Smith. It's a beautiful tribute. You guys tell stories on the on the late Seku Smith. Sounds weird saying that, uh, but on that podcast, you did mention that you were taking your daughter to Clark University in Atlanta, 
and yeah. for, 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 for college. Congratulations on that. Yeah, um, but I want to ask you, like you were in the bubble, I think for the longest time, maybe uh, Malika as well, the longest time in the bubble among reporters. Is that right? Yeah. Me, me and Malika got there the same day. Yeah. We did the longest. So six days. So like when we talk about Atlanta, going to Atlanta for all-star weekend, um, people are like, why don't they just, I mean, all these, all these cases popping up. Why don't they just go back to the bubble? Like it was so successful going to the bubble, but you lived it. So when people ask you like, Hey, can they do that again? Maybe in the second half of the season or in the playoffs, your response is what? It, it would, that would be rough. That would be rough. Cause you're talking the second half of the season and then you're including the playoffs. So that can be even longer than the bubble. Um, potentially. Um, with that being said, going through what, you know, what the players went through, what I went through in that bubble, man, I fought, I fought like, I fought levels of depression. You know, I was not the, you know, I'm pretty laid back and calm around most people. My, my wife would say other, uh, otherwise, <laughs> but I, I wasn't the, I wasn't the coolest dude to be around that first, I mean, that last month or so. You know, it, it's funny, like, when I got, when I saw the NBA final schedule come out, I don't know if you guys remember, and so I'm already, like, just You're in ready it. to just explode, right. go off on somebody. Like, I'm just not that dude to hang with. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I want to get out. So we saw that we finally get to the NBA finals. And then I look at the NBA final schedule. If y'all remember, games one through four, there was only one day in between each game. Yeah. yeah. But between game four and game five, game four was on October 6th. Game five was on October 9th. Yep. And so I'm pissed. I'm like, <laughs> hold on. There is no reason to change the schedule up now. You know what I mean? There's no travel in between games. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, y'all, y'all know we don't root and do all that stuff. But look, I'm rooting for whoever wins the first game to sweep this sweep. thing. Get me out of here. <laughs> So the Lakers won the first two games, and I'm, I'm being real. I'm like, man, Lakers got to finish. They got to finish. I told John, I'm like, bro, sweep this thing, man. It's time. Like, I got to get home. You know what I mean? I, I've been without a lot of things. One thing in particular for a long, long time. So get me out of here. Man, when the Lakers lost that game three to Miami, man. Devastating. That was devastating. I, I hey, lost it. Chris, I you, lost it. Do you remember the year? I went the, home. I went hey, straight home. Do you remember the, the year the Warriors had swept everything? And then they got to like game three of the finals. And like, if uh, they win this one, they sweep this one, we go home. We ain't got to come back to Cleveland or nothing or, or go back anywhere. Man. And they ended up losing game three. <laughs> Everyone was so upset. Like, what are y'all doing, man? We just try to go man, home. Man, I, 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 and I remember those times. And obviously, you never want to go back, you know, come back to Cleveland and do all that. Yeah. I was living in the Bay as well, so I, yeah. I'm going to stay. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Even, as, even how, you know, just think about how bad, because y'all both have been in those situations, you know, that was bad. But that does not compare to what happened in the bubble and the Lakers losing that game three. <laughs> I did not attend. I left. Like, as soon as they lost, 
I didn't go to the post game. I got <laughs> on the shuttle bus and went straight to my hotel room. Just pissed. <laughs> like, I got to stay here to the ninth. So they're going to play game four on the sixth. I know. I got to wait for game seven, you know, day seven, day eight, then finally till the ninth, man. It, that was, so, that was man, chaotic. Man. Chris, so, Chris, let me ask you something, because I heard for some people who have been there for a long time, you you can't wait to go home. You can't wait to go home. And then when they went home, it was almost like Shawshank. They kind of missed the bubble. They missed the the kind of that routine or whatever. Did you feel anything like that when you left the bubble? Like, was there any part of you afterwards when you back home? Maybe obviously the first couple of days you see your family, you're really excited. But maybe like three or four days in, was there any part of you that missed the bubble experience? No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I, I will say this. I will say this, and, and to bring it back to my my guy Sefu, I remember you know we were in the bubble, and you know we were we had a, like a bike riding crew <clears throat> every day, and it would be me, Mark Spears, Sefu, um, Jonathan Scott, who's with Turner, Morgan Mitchell, who's with Turner, and um, I remember one time, this one particular time, it was just me and Sefu, and I, I've said it before, but just me and him, and he said. Like, Chris, like, we're in the safest place in the world right now. And mm-hmm. when we get out of here, things are going to be different. And that, that takes on a whole new meaning for me, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, you know, the only thing that I I had to get used to, because we were used to every day of, you know, getting our temperature reading, going to get tests, making sure you didn't walk outside your room without your credential because it right. had your... Um, Got the thing on it. Yeah, the thing on whatever. And so, like, I would wake up and, like, in a panic mode sometimes, like, did I get my, did I get my mm. test yesterday? Oh, yeah. Because if I, if I didn't get my test, I can't cover a game today. You know what I mean? Like, I would just think all these type of ramification thoughts that, you know, didn't, that, that I didn't have to, you know, do anymore. And so it was little things like that that took me a while to get used to, like, okay, I'm cool. Like, I don't have to walk outside with my credential on. I don't have to uh, go make sure I get tested. Like, it would, it'd be nine o'clock at night. And I'd be like, did I get tested today? And so things <laughs> like that. But as far as missing the bubble, no. I, I don't I don't miss the bubble. I miss the, um, I mi- the only thing I do miss is the fact that, I'm just being real with you guys, that we were in there, we were getting tested every day, we were getting tested negative every day. And, and I get why the NBA didn't want to, like, sometimes they got on me like if I would post a video on social media, uh, players or us, maybe us being, you know, close to each close. other. Yeah. But we were, you know, we were safe. We were tested every day. You know what I mean? We were doing our thing. I, I get why the NBA didn't want to put the, um, you know, put that image out there. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was the it was the closest thing to being normal. Right. You know, if that makes any sense, you know, just yeah. being able to have communion and be be around you, uh, you know, be around some good friends and brothers. But I miss my wife like crazy. Three yeah. and a half months. That's a long time, Damn. bro. That, that is, a, is long a, time. Long, long time. <laughs> a long, long time. It's a long drive. I told my spell. wife, I, I love my kids. But as soon as I get out, I don't want to see my kids right away. <laughs> Me and you got some send, business. Send them, send them somewhere else. For babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't need a whole babysitter. Summer I camp. Something. Time. I don't need that much 
<laughs> like 20, <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> well, Here, 20. Go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I remember, it, was it you, Chris, that LeBron dapped up after the game, after they won it all? Was that part of the part of the celebration that you you said to LeBron as he's walking into the locker room after he won? Did you say, thank you for ending this early? No, I think no, what you're talking about. I'm just, I'm just saying it could have gone seven to me. I think, Damn. I think, I think what you're talking about is a separate thing. So there was a, uh, so after they won a championship, he went and like he he went and um, you know, celebrate with his teammates. And but you have a a, a horde of media waiting outside the locker room for them yeah. to come and address. And so he comes out on that night. He comes out, finds me, and I wasn't looking at the time. And he comes, you know, sprays me. I had a new suit on too. New suit. Man, I was feeling so clean, man. Oh man. Just spraying that thing with champagne. I think it was um, Isaiah Thomas's um champagne. Oh yeah, it is. Name. It is. Shalom. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Shalom, no, it, smelled, yeah. it smelled good. I'm not a Shout wine drinker, but it's, it smelled good. But the time you're talking about, Tom, is that uh it was the Nugget, it was the Western Conference Finals against the Nuggets. So it was right before the game, and these are little things like we could just we can't do like in real arenas. So they're doing the layup drills right before the game, you know, warming up, doing whatever. And so media, we're standing along the uh, back of the baseline. And he comes over, you know, whatever, regular stuff, comes over, dap me up. And when he daps me up, like we embrace a little bit, he says, I'm ending this tonight. Mm. Like, this is it. I'm like, hmm, okay, all right. And he walks away. And I got got video of that exchange of him telling me that. I was right before the game. And so I'm thinking during the game, like, do I even mention he said that? Like, do right. I even? I'm like, nah, I'll leave that alone. And then the only reason I did highlight it is because after the game, that's when he's going to go address the media. He walks by me, slaps my hand. What did I tell you? <laughs> and so people saw that, but they didn't know the exchange. They didn't know right. the background. So that's why I told the whole story of how that, how that happened. Yeah, that's... We talk about the the champagne soaking. I remember when the Warriors won theirs. That was uh, like all them, like Alvin and LB and all them were hugging me. And like the only thing was that day because we had flown in for Game Six in Cleveland, and American Airlines lost my bags. So I literally just wearing the clothes that I wore on the plane, Mm. which is my hoodie and sweats. Yeah, so. Like I, I got like the full kind of treatment, but it's like I ain't wearing shit. So I'm glad I didn't dress hey, up on, for this hold one. On, hold on, big, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what up? If I would have seen you dress like that, I wouldn't have thought nothing of it. You know, you don't come, you don't come to these games. I used to. I, I used to dress nice. I used to dress nice. Like I used to wear. I got pictures. I it's got a power pictures. move. It's a power move when you go to the finals and you don't dress up because it's like I don't need to dress for this shit. Yeah, well, nah, but I never, I never cool. wore sweats. I also never wore sweats. I never wore sweats to the game. Like okay. I wore sweats, right. bro. Like it was clearly this is oh. my travel, my travel look right here. <laughs> and I tried, you know, the funny thing is, I tried to go shopping, and like everything was closed in Cleveland. The yeah. there's a Macy that Macy's where the yep. Mortons is and all that. Yeah. All that shit was closed. All, all I could get was socks from Models. I think that's all I got. <laughs> but uh, but speaking of LeBron though, Chris, I want to ask you because I've been trying to find the answer for this and. Nobody's had an answer for me. Um, obviously, about a week ago or so, they had the incident in Atlanta where uh, the courtside courtside Karen starts screaming at him and yeah. all that. And I had 
like the story is kind of unbelievable when you start doing some digging into it. One is why they're courtside seating anyway, right? Mm-hmm. In the league, why is that allowed? Everyone makes a big deal about the red zone, the green. No, I get, but Tom, money, but like for twenty thousand dollars, we're gonna throw away the red zone, green zone thing. I think is it's a down payment. It? I think it's a down payment. It's when this when this opens up next year, we want to make our richest or our, our our money bags patrons happiest. We take care of them, right? We can we can survive. Like if they don't take care of those those high rollers there in the first row, they might lose yeah. those season tickets that they're or the suite that they're looking for the next time. But but like this is the thing where I keep saying where, where the league is kind of inconsistent in the way they want to apply these rules. If you want to be very vigilant, you can't have someone. Well, they paid a lot of money to sit courtside. That's that's a huge risk, right, for these people. But but as I said, I can kind of understand your 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 reasoning, Tom. Until I did some digging. It turns out that this couple had had several run-ins with LeBron in the past where the dude on his Instagram got several pictures going back to before the pandemic where he's courtside and LeBron be inbounding and he got a caption like, look at this motherfucker, whatever, like talking shit. So I'm like, not only did you sell to anybody basically to walk in here during a pandemic, but you sold to someone who has a history of instigating. And to me, that that's the thing that kind of I was I was shocked to be honest. Because usually the league, if you have any sort of kind of pattern like that, it's quick you cut off. But the fact that not only did they sell to these people, these people had a, a past of history. And to my knowledge, they're still not cut off. They're still not banned or anything. Um, it, again, I don't even know what my question is anymore. <laughs> I got I get so pissed talking about this story because everyone's laughing at her because she's she's sounding crazy on the video. But to me, there's something a lot worse going on, which is even without a pandemic, these people should not have courtside seats at any mm-hmm. game based on their behavior. I'll, I'll say this. Um I haven't done anything like none at all on that situation. So I'm not offering any insight on that. But what I can say about like I went to I was in Atlanta recently. Like you mentioned, time for my, you know, moving my daughter into her dorm at Clark. Shout out to the HBCUs out there. But um, I was at a Hawks game and I got tickets to sit in some pretty good seats. So mm-hmm. I, I brought my wife, uh, my one of my daughters, and my boy John Scott at Turner and, and his, his daughter and son. And so I got that was my first time Damn, being in the arena. Of tickets, yeah, and you got hey, pandemic tickets. Hey, they, Hey, that's what, so you saying they give anybody tickets. So I'm, I'm just showing you, yeah, it really is. It really is anybody. But that was my first time being in an arena in a game where they had fans. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of weird. And, you know, they have a, you, you, you said courtside. That, that woman and that gentleman you're talking about, they weren't really courtside. That's like the front row of the mm-hmm. real seats. But they do have a courtside. They do have, because they got two chains sitting on the court. Right. And you, you got Trey Young's dad right there. So they right. do have an area right there, right on the court, in which I was like, hmm, man, this, this is Chris Georgia. Georgia and Florida never fails. But with that being said, I'm going to say this. Y'all remember, and I'm old enough to remember now. I, I always wanted to say that. I always feel like old people yeah. always I'm, said I'm that. I'm older than you. <laughs> <I'm> old, <laughs> but I feel like that. I'm old enough to remember when I was the first covering the league, I would go to Atlanta. Go to a Hawks game, and there was nobody, nobody there. Yep. Nobody. So, with that being said, 
understand why the Hawks are, aren't too in a hurry to eliminate uh, some fans, especially some good paying, buying fans. You know, hey, I, beggars can't be choosers, said, right? Beggars yeah, can't be choosers. You can't do yeah. Now look, now look. Now me, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the history. Maybe you, you know something I don't. But you know, long haven't used anything too vile. You know, ain't said no N-word and nothing like that out there. It's like, okay, like I can understand the Hawks are like, all right, let's calm it down a little bit, but we still want that hey, that that money. True story. I, when I, I my first job in the NBA, I was working for the Hawks, and on game days, I swear to God, while the teams are like going through their final layup lines, our favorite game was to count how many people are in the stands. No, you, could you couldn't count. You could, you, could you could count them. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. You could do that. That's how. That's how empty it was in there. That's crazy. Every game. That's crazy. Every game. They used to give us. They used to give us tickets as employees, like you know, comps or whatever. And these are good ass comps. One hundred level. Yeah. Maybe ten rows off the floor. I, I, I could. I had to beg people to take them. And it's good teams. Like they play in Dallas. Like Dirk is great. He's an all star. They winning fifty five games. Like here, take these tickets. Oh, it's a yeah. Tuesday though. Like that's how that's how it is in Atlanta. <laughs> like, you couldn't convince people. I always I always cut the Miami people some slack for when they don't show up after halftime, right? And the front rows in Atlanta, I mean, in Miami, are empty, and people are like, "Oh man, these fair weather fans, they don't actually like the game." And I'm like, of all places, like Miami. After halftime, the game is the second most appealing thing happening in that uh, arena. High nightclub or whatever it is, but it's, it's it's crazy. It's like it's it, unlike any other place. I went to a Miami Dolphins game at I think it was uh, it was Live. They have a Live nightclub in the <laughs> Miami Dolphins stadium. <laughs> in the Hard Rock, <laughs> at the Hard Rock, there's a night. There's a yeah. there's a nightclub there. Yeah. And I remember going to it with my buddy. He's like, yo, you want to go to live at at, uh, at the Dolphins game? I'm like, I don't – my brain does not compute what you are saying. Live no, at the Dolphins game? Tom, you know the difference between – because there's a hide at Staples. But the difference is the hide at Staples and, the high, and most of the clubs that they have at arenas, they open out to the arena. So you, you look this way, you see a bar, you see a DJ, you see couches, but you look this way, you could still see the game. Hide at American Airlines Arena is – you walk in there, you got no idea that you're at a basketball game. Right. It's just a club. Yeah. You just in the club there. Um, it's it's it is it is a wild thing. The other wild thing about Miami though is, yeah, those rows are kind of empty or whatever up front. But if you're at the game, you look upstairs. That upper deck is full. Yes, like that upper deck is full yeah. every game, and that's that's a crazy thing. Um, I know that happens a lot with Laker games too, where the people are in the back in the chairman's club or whatever. But those upper decks are all 100. percent Occupied, um, but to get back to what you're talking about with the with the um, the heckles of LeBron, yeah, you know, had had that been had had that been another team like the Lakers, mm. uh, you know, Lakers getting them out quick, yeah, they got yeah. hundreds and hundreds of other people in line to, to buy those tickets. So, right, I, I gotta cut the Hawks a little bit of slack on that. Hey, Chris, um, I wanted to ask you since you have your figure on the pulse of players probably more than any NBA <laughs> reporter. Is there a silent majority happening here with regard to the All-Star weekend? Like, there's a very vocal minority of the, the superstars who are speaking out. Giannis, LeBron, um, De'Aaron Fox has all said, I'm not, I'm not down with this with All-Star weekend in Atlanta. I might be there physically, but I'm, I'm, my heart's not in it. My head's not in it. But Sam Amick over at, at The Athletic wrote a great story today just recapping the different viewpoints in, this, in the stakeholders in this conversation. 
And one of the things that struck me is the NBA believes very much so that the majority of NBA players want All-Star Weekend in Atlanta. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, what you're hearing about maybe the more rank-and-file players, whether they're like, yeah, I know what LeBron's saying, but actually we need this money. So the majority of NBA players want this event or majority of NBA All-Star level players want this event? That's a great question. I believe the reporting from Sam Amick is saying that the NBA believes that the vast majority of the players union, so we're talking 400 players, are like, yeah, we need to get this this money because – like 160 million or whatever it is goes to the BRI. And then we share in that money at 50, 50. Okay. No, I get that. If it's the players union, because obviously they had to agree to it, uh, to, to get this, get this over there. Um, no, look, I, I think ultimate, and if you look at the players union, most of those individuals aren't made up of all-star level players. Um, not not to diss them or slight them or anything, but it's a different perspective that they have than what the all-star level players. Now, let me let me say this. Because we've heard LeBron, like you mentioned, we heard Giannis, we heard De'Aaron Fox. Everybody is, is putting out their disdain to play, but nobody said that they won't play. Right. And that's, that's a difference. You know what I mean? That's a difference. LeBron said at the end of the day, he said all what he said. But at the end of it, he was like, at the end of the day, if I'm selected, I'll be there. Giannis has said the same thing. De'Aaron, he wants to be an all-star for the first time. You know, he will be there if he is selected um, as a reserve. So it, it's really, you know, it, it's really nothing to be said or nothing to be had about it unless some player comes out and say, look, it's not safe. And I thought there would be a chance that LeBron would take it to that level. Uh, if LeBron would have said, because at first his statement was really strong. Everything was strong. Yeah. And then at the end, he, you know, he said, you know, I'll be there I'll physically. Be there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there physically. So it kind of d- diluted if there was going to be some type of um, action taken on behalf of these all-star level players. But as of right now, look, do I like it personally? Um, I don't know. I'm going to keep it real. I'm, I'm never one to, to shy away. This is the first time I'm being asked about this situation. And, uh, I'm never one to shy away. I'm just going to keep it real and transparent. Uh, my side gig is working for Turner as a sideline right. reporter. Turner has a lot uh, to do with this thing, being in Atlanta, the all-star game. So I'm not going to say anything as of right now uh, to, uh, <laughs> to to hinder that or to get, get no, away. Yeah. We, don't, we, we ain't trying to get anybody fired. That's, that's I'm, just the, keeping, the I'm, just keeping it, I'm just keeping it 100 right now, but, you know. I but that's the money. But that's but that's the money, though. That is the money that people right. are talking about. And say, oh, you know, that's the money. That is where the money is coming from. It's coming from Turner, who has ownership. Basically, they own every event at All Star Weekend, other than the celebrity game, and nobody cares if that uh, that goes away for a year. But if you look uh, at t- it too, I mean, look at it too. Like you know, the the NBA is bent backwards for ESPN. Just you know, when this yeah. pandemic is coming, you know, with the coverage, the draft, and everything. And, you know, you know, the bubble, back in the bubble, you know. So yep. I, I understand the dynamics of this partnership and the league feeling like they have to, um, that they owe, that they owe yeah. the partner. Look, my thing yeah. is, I, I, I get the money concerns. My thing is, we can't play that and then also talk safely. Like, yeah, like it, yeah. it just, it, it reduces some of the credibility there. 
Wait, so Chris, you were you were in Atlanta. Can you describe what it's like being in Atlanta? I mean, me and I have talked about it that Atlanta is is a different. It's it's open. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Man. I went to a shopping center, um, buying my you know trying to buy my daughter all the things she needs for her dorm. So I went to a shopping center that was near the airport, a couple miles from the airport. And it's like, you know, shopping mall center, Target, all this place. Oh, man, I swear to God, like so many cars in the parking lot, like it was Christmas time. Like everybody <laughs> was just buying. It, it, it tripped me out. And then like, I'm coming from bubble life. And what I mean by that is that, wait a minute, I, I got to say something. I want to get y'all, I want to get y'all take. And hold on, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. <laughs> I got to I got to say that. Get the clearance. Right. Get the clearance. I got I want to get your perspective too. Uh, okay. So, but before I get to that, yeah, it's open and the I'm I'm comfortable the bubble and where we were doing everything like doing everything right. Masking, everything testing every day. Right. And so, you know, with say Cruz death, it's like it's a little bit more personal now. So now I'm walking around, I'm seeing all these people with no masks on. I'm getting mad now. You know what I mean? Like this hit home. Like you, you over here not wearing a mask. You think you're healthy, and you, you know you're spreading this, or it might not affect you, but it might affect my homie, might affect my grandma. You know what I mean? Like, so I, right. I'm getting mad now. So it was really disgusting, period, being out there like that and seeing how people are conducting themselves. But let me say this, because this is why I want to get y'all perspective on this. So in the bubble, testing every day, everybody's good, but. Then there was a case, especially early on in the bubble, where guys were testing positive. And so then you will, the league will, you know, quarantine them for a matter of how many days, whatever, similar to what they're doing now. And then they, you know, they have to retest a couple of times and then they'll come back, test negative, Mm -hmm. put them right back off the play. Okay. Now, that's the system that I'm, got in my head. That's what stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. But you come out here in society, and I've had it a few times, where I have family members or friends that might have tested positive, right? So they'll go to the, you know, go to the doctor, find out that, you know, they're, te- they're tested positive, and the doctor is telling them, go quarantine for two weeks, mm-hmm. then after that, you can go back to work. And so, the problem I have with that is they're telling them, just quarantine for two weeks, then you can go back to work without getting retested. Right, right, right. And that that goes completely against what the system that is in my mind stemming from the bubble. Right, and that's that's the that is the message that a lot of these doctors are telling regular folk around here: go quarantine for a certain amount of period, then you can go back to work, then you can go back to the family. So I find myself, I'm like, no, I can't be around y'all because the way I was brought up in, right. in this <laughs> yeah. you know, the way I was brought way up back in the day in this early yeah, pandemic day, you get tested you have to right. get tested if it comes back negative then cool we can we can we can hang hang out and the problem and the thing is I'd rather go by what doctors and professionals are telling these elite millionaire athletes uh, that that have a lot on the line to keep this billion dollar business afloat than this average doctor going to tell and every so have y'all had any experiences like that 
And and I'm, am I out of pocket for feeling that way? No, you're not out of pocket because the whole thing when you tell someone to go quarantine for two weeks and you're cool is there's an assumption that they actually quarantined for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is real. Right? Like, so it's an yeah. honor code. We're, gonna, we're just hoping you actually did it. Go ahead, Tom. And the two weeks, like, are you saying they're, they're not going to actually quarantine or are you saying they're not going to go the full two weeks? Yeah, whatever it is. Either it's not the full two weeks or during the two weeks. Oh, I had to go out and get some milk because we ran out of milk. Like, people make excuses and just, well, I didn't touch anybody. Well, I didn't. But that's, that's, that goes against the, the whole purpose. But re, the reality is, Chris, I think that has a lot more to do about, like, as a country, how we failed at the testing. So I, in October, while the NBA finals were going on, I went to New York City. That was my first mm-hmm. time traveling. That was my first extended time out of my house. Uh, since the pandemic had started. And because I was going to ESPN, they wanted me to test before I go into the studio. And so, like my cousin said, just go to the urgent care in the corner. They do tests. I went there, and in New York State, you tests are free. Mm-hmm. You go in there. I did, I'm not even a resident, but I went in there. I did the PCR test. And I got my results back a couple of days later. I, now, if I want to do the rapid test, I had to pay money right. out of pocket. Yeah, yeah. But the the PCR was free. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow. Because when I was trying to come out from Arizona to get this test, first of all, it was hard to find it. Second of all, I had to book an appointment like weeks in advance. Third, I had to pay. Mm-hmm. So I could see why if I'm a, a person, or a, a normal person, I don't have no hookup nowhere or anything. I'm living in a state where it's either expensive or just hard to get tested, that might be a problem. Now, in Arizona, they do have a free testing thing, but again, you got to book weeks in advance. Yeah, and it might take five to seven days. Like, that was the big story at the bubble that I did was, like, people are waiting in lines and hours and hours in Orlando to get a test that might have a backlog of a week, which almost makes the test useless. And yet the NBA is going to go there and set up shop and just basically have these tests coming back every day. So that, that is still happening is what you're saying. I mean, it's just like, in yeah, I mean, depending on where you are, depending on where you are. Now this was Arizona in like September. Now it it, it might be better, man. Now it might be a lot easier to go to CVS and get the test. But my point is like a lot of the, the, the rules and all the stuff they're telling us to do is not necessarily the safest thing. It's just, Hey man, this is what we got. Yeah, yeah, that's all we got. And, and and to your point, I mean, you 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 made a good point. We're talking about somebody going quarantine for two weeks. You got to trust them that they were actually. Yeah. But even beyond that, even beyond that, everybody that that tests positive with COVID aren't fully recovered after two weeks. Right. It may be longer than that. Right. And they haven't and they they haven't got retested to see where they're at. So that's that's my whole thing. It's like. They're telling regular folk, common folk, people, they're giving them different rules on, on this thing. And I'm going by what I saw working the bubble. Yeah. And so that's the that's what I'm going by. So I got to tell my people around here, look, look man, no, nah, y'all, I'm sorry. Y'all got to get retested. <laughs> they say, well, the doctor said you don't have to get retested. Mm-hmm. Just go two weeks quarantine. Like, no, nah, y'all. I gotta, I, that's not the way, uh-uh, I can't, cause I gotta be, I gotta feel safe. I gotta have a level of comfort. Right. You gotta be in my presence. Right. You know? Do you, have any, do you have any insight, Chris, into what happened with Kevin Durant over the weekend? Wow. Oh, I mean, man. That, I mean, that, that situation it, it so was just fraught with, yeah. with. I mean, I don't have anything more 
then what the league was saying. I guess he was um, riding to the game with somebody whose test came back inconclusive and he didn't, they were in close proximity without masks. That's, that's all I know. Yeah. So he, that's that's all I know. He, uh, his associate or the the Brooklyn Nets employee that he had spent pretty much all day with or interacting several times in close proximity, what they found, they, they tested him. That test came back inconclusive. So they held KD out of the start of the game. And then, like KD, I don't know what song that was, but I don't know either. He's got some intro music, (laughs) and he comes through, and it's oh my god, there's KD's music, oh my god, and they're trying to do uh, Ross there, and KD comes in, and he gets his jersey off, he comes into the game, plays 19 minutes, plays like half the game, and then they pulled him at halftime. No, it was third quarter. It was third quarter. Third quarter. Oh, yeah, already started the third quarter. Oh, wow. He sat yeah. on the bench, and, and a, uh, a staffer comes up to him. He's like, yo, we, uh, I mean, who knows what he said in that moment, but KD just gets up, throws his water bottle, and he's done. And James Harden says after the game, he says, I don't understand. Like, why aren't we all, why are we all playing? If KD can't play, and See, he, that, was, that, and he was exposed to someone potentially exposed yeah. to a positive which he in turn was positive, the, the person he was exposed to. And KD is around all of us. Like, why are you pulling KD but letting the game go on? Yeah, he went, he went yeah. into the – he went to shoot around. And then later on he came back before. He came to the training table. He's in there in the training room. He's in the locker room. He go out, warm up. He come back in the locker room. They're watching film, the little pregame speech. They go back out. We go lay up. All this time – is all in a closed space where everybody else, I'm like, they should have canceled the whole damn game at that point. And that's where I go keep going back. It's not consistent how they are applying these rules. And nobody really can give me an answer. That's, I mean, that's the shit that scares me. I'm like, who do I ask who can give me a, a straight answer as to how he's a risk because he rode in the car, which I believe that's true, but mm-hmm. no one else he comes in contact with is at risk. I'll tell you this. I mean, I'll tell you this. When I was reporting at True Hoop last week about the story of how free agents who have recovered from COVID are now getting a fast track to getting an NBA gig because of the fact that they've recovered, they can play faster on a two-day quarantine rather right. than a six-day quarantine. Noah Vonley. Noah Vonley yesterday yeah, got signed yeah. and he's going to play yeah. um, with the Nets in like yeah. a day, right? Right. Noah Vonley had... COVID in December. I believe, Chris, you were reporting that. Um, But what's crazy is, I mean, Chris, you've probably had this happen to you a lot of times where you get some intel and then you call a bunch of execs or agents and they didn't know about that. And it's Mm -hmm. like a rule. Like I was like, I was calling a bunch of people like, hey, is it true that if you're a free agent, but you've had COVID and recovered, you can play quicker than someone who hasn't? And they're like, ah, you know, I heard that. But, you know, honestly, and this is what I got from executives a lot is the NBA puts out new memos so quickly, it's hard to see straight anymore. Like they don't know what, which way is up. And so then an hour later, they'd hit me back and be like, actually, I just followed up. That rule that you, you asked me about is real. I didn't know about that. Like execs, like GMs, GMs did not know that you could sign a Noah Vonley and get him to suit up on a Tuesday Whereas if you sign Dwayne Dedman, I'm just making this up. I don't know Dwayne yeah. Dedman's uh, medical history, but if you sign X NBA player who has not gotten an, uh, COVID, if you sign that free agent, 
you have to wait six days. And on top of that, if you sign him to a 10 day, that means you've signed him to a four day. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing here? So these things are happening so fast that even people, decision makers aren't really sure what the rules are. And this goes to my point when I was talking about the the optics of when we were in the bubble and making sure it's not shown visibly that we're within six feet of one another. Mm. We're hanging out doing things. And to your point about KD and to a mean, what you were saying about how is this game not postponed? Because KD had to been around his teammates, you know, but if the rule states, the rule, these memos that they keep coming out with states that these players aren't to be uh, around um, their teammates in the city. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's like the league is saying, well, we've only taken KD out because we know that everybody is following these protocols and not being Mm -hmm. close to each other anyways. So that's why we're only taking KD out. And when we, like I said, we, we all know, you know, what's really like, I'm not trying to call the NBA a liar or whatever, but (laughs) They played shoot around. They're, sh- they're doing shoot around the day of the game. Yeah, you know? they, they kind of they kind of fumbling it a little bit, but uh, it, it, it's tough, man. This is a tough era, man. It's it's um I don't know, like because if we're if they're really gonna do it by the book, I mean like dot the eyes, cross the t's, then we're gonna have star players, significant players sitting out like real portions of significant mm. games. Or so, portions of the season, and uh, they're trying to figure a way to <laughs> to get past let, that. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Chris, because you got the pulse on a, how a lot of guys feel. What do you think the overwhelming kind of feeling is towards the vaccine around the players? Man, I want to say this without being there. There is a there's an ample size of, of guys who do not who do not and don't plan to get the vaccine. Gotcha. Um, Would that more yeah, than 50%, I, would you say? or, or More or than 50 I, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that I wouldn't say more than 50%. Gotcha. Um, there's some guys who aren't from the States. Right. Who don't, who don't, uh, on a, I remember I was on a, I was on a call. I forgot what player's call it was with, um, who they were talking to, but that was some of the players, not to mention their names, but some of the players share concern about like, is this mandatory? Are we gonna have to mm-hmm. do this? This is against my religion. Like I don't I don't believe mm-hmm. believe in this. And so um you know I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen in that regard. I mean, but there there is an ample amount of, of guys who who as of right now saying they they will not um get the vaccine. Other ones that are saying they 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 want to wait to see what happens to everybody else first. Um, yeah, my, my wife is in that category. <laughs> she said, "Let me." She, she went. <laughs> <laughs> she she wants to say, "I want to see how the rich people do first. Let, give, give me you. <laughs> well, this, this is this is what I've been telling. I told my mom this other day because my mom's getting hers tomorrow. She would. She didn't want to do it either. Me and my dad were like, "Well, every doctor and nurse in the country is taking it. So if there's something wrong with it, we already in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> You know what's interesting about that, Chris, what you were talking about is what I had heard is if players do get vaccinated, that won't change the protocols. So if they do get vaccinated, the players, from what I gather, are like, 
All right. So you're going to let me like go out and like, no, go to a restaurant or go see my yeah. family or go, go see my buddies. Like I can, I can live my life normally again. Like I won't have to be cooped up in my hotel room all day, every day. And the NBA um, has not made a determination yet. But from what I gather is like, even if you get vaccinated, that's not necessarily going to mean you can live, go back to normal. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. mean that you can go to your favorite restaurant or your favorite club or whatever, or go to your favorite, uh, you know, go see some, some friends in town. Like that's not going to change. So for a lot of players, it's like, all right, if my life is not going to change, if I'm not going to get more liberties or freedoms in the NBA schedule, then what am I, why do I need to get vaccinated? Yeah. If I don't even trust the vaccination in the first place, if it's not, if the upside is non-existent from a lifestyle standpoint, I'm not interested. I have a real good friend who recently got the vaccine and, and he was still told that, no, you have to wear, you know, your mask, you got a mask up, you got to do any use. He was told that, God, babe, you remember how, how it was said? Like, I don't know if he said he still can get the virus. Can still pass it, I think. Yeah. The it's, first it's, shot gives you 55% what? 55% coverage. I didn't It won't, it won't be debilitated. I don't know if y'all heard y'all hear. Yeah, Can y'all yeah, heard that? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's what my friend was telling me. So with that being said, just to your point, Tom. He's saying the vaccine won't die. That's all it's stopping you from, yeah. but you can still get the virus. Right, right, right. Not dying is important. That's on the list. Yeah, that's that's important. That's that's, that's on the list. That's beneficial. But still, you still have to, it's, it's not going to stop the, the protocols that are in place. And if I'm a player who's on the fringe about getting that vaccine in the first place, I'm like, what's the benefit? Like, it's not yeah. going to change. I still can't bring people to my hotel when I want, how many I want. You know, it's not. It's still not going to change this current messed up lifestyle I'm in right now. Like, what's, what's the point? And so I, I get that. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And to that no, point, like when, what we were talking about earlier is LeBron said he's not going to go to the bubble and play with no fans, right? Remember that? Yeah. Like early on. Well, in the no, 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 no. He didn't say that. He said, I'm not going to, because remember the first thing they were going to say is we'll play games with zero fans in the building. Before Rudy Gobert, they've been talking about playing fans, with, uh, playing games with no fans in the building. That's what he was saying no to. The bubble, he, didn't, he never actually said no to the bubble because the bubble wasn't even an idea in March. Oh, he's saying, I won't play unless fans are in the building. like the, the, yeah the way we're playing right now is the way he said he wouldn't play but he said that before rudy gobert happened and before everything collapsed yeah. so obviously based on the information available to him at the time it didn't yeah, it seem crazy yeah. yeah uh i want to i want to just ask you one you know non-covid question bro because this is heavy shit man. <laughs> um we've had two trades basically two major trades and I, depending on how you look at derrick rose is that a major trade or not but Derrick Rose and James Harden. And this is one of the quietest kind of early season chatters I felt from kind of my vantage point. But obviously, you're a lot more plugged in, Chris, with those conversations. Are the conversations happening and we're, they're just not escalating to the point of reported rumor or news? Or is it actually quieter this year? It's a little bit quieter this year, but the conversation is obviously they're, they're happening. They, they have to. They wouldn't be doing their jobs. But to your point, I know you kind of want to pivot away from COVID, but <laughs> it's like you can't even talk about that without mentioning COVID. I mean, the reason why there's not a lot of chatter 
because these guys don't even know how to do their jobs right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of hard. Like, there's always these protocols put in place. There's guys that's getting, uh, catching it, have to sit out for a little bit. Like, the field goal post keeps moving, Mm. period. And so it's kind of hard to do your job. Like, like when is the trade deadline? March. March 22nd, I want to Mar- say. March 22nd, okay. March 22nd. Like, I knew it was around that I didn't say March. Area, but <laughs> I, didn't say, I, mean, I gave like, you a whole month. March. Man, come on. It, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard yeah. to do your job in, this, in, in, this, in this, these type of conditions, even for us as right. journalists. You know, I'm not going to many games this year. I don't find it beneficial for me. I don't. Um, luckily I've been able to develop relationships to where it can help me where I can kind of do my job from home now, but there's really no benefit of me going to a game, watching players play and then going home right after that. Like, what was the point? I can do that. I can do that from home. (laughs) Yeah. There's no point. Right. And so, uh, it's tough even for the executives that's trying to make this move. So, it is, there is some chatter going on, but it's definitely quiet, way quieter compared mm. to, you know, compared to what we're used to. Yeah, I got to ask, and I'll let you go on this. You got a lot of suits that you probably bought for, like, a lot of TV work, though. So don't aren't you rooting for the All-Star game to happen just so that you can get those suits on TV again? It's a hazmat suit. Uh, <laughs> like you, you got this whole TV man. wardrobe going, man. and I was what, thinking to myself, what? what was the last time I wore a tie? You know, like yeah. hey, I'm gonna tell you right now. So I went to a funeral a couple of weeks ago. My uncle passed away. My uncle Sidney Haynes, love you, uncle. But he passed, and I wore one of my suits, my good suits, mm-hmm. right? And I've been out of bubble since what, October. So you know my suits, man. I, I, they're custom made now. You know they're custom. They're custom. Oh, they, 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 they like. They connect to every muscle, oh, every press. I, you know, I know where this is going. Listen I know where this is going. Man, I tried to put this suit on a couple weeks ago. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> man. I was, I was like, what happened? I was like, it was just October. Like, what happened? <laughs> and so to ask you a question, Tom, I don't know if I, I would be doing anything. They may have an assignment for me, All-Star Weekend. But I wouldn't be ready physically <laughs> by, by, by All Star Weekend. You gotta know. You gotta I, get the I, heads yeah, up. I, I gotta get. I got. Yeah, I need more heads up. Are you using me for sure? <laughs> and if so, okay, then I can like. But right now, I can't. I, I'll be wearing jeans and you know, in, in an upper upper party Sweat, suit. You, you it, it, some it, with an elastic waistband. <laughs> it was bad of me. You know, I'm trying to step. You know, I'm be, I'm being real. Like you know, I've I've been blessed and fortunate, man. You know, I'm. God has been good, man. You know, I've you know I've gotten paid more money than I've ever thought, and uh, you know I've invested into the suit game, and you know getting these custom suits. And usually, yeah, I come from old school. I come from baggy stuff. We get so yeah. don't matter if you don't matter if you gain some pounds, lose some weight, you good. You can get no suit every single time. And I'm realizing mm-hmm. there's a certain lifestyle that I have to uphold <laughs> to, to stay in these custom. Hey, so why'd you get, why'd you go on that diet? Uh, was it was it your family? You want to like yo. you know get in shape for your family? Or are you feeling a little? No, it's these suits. Yo, hey, yo, t- real talk. That shit happened to me the day of Dan Levitard's wedding because I had it. I got like I've never in my life ever had a problem. My clothes don't fit. Right, I'm a skinny guy my entire life. Right, 
I came, I got to the hotel, I put the suit out, everything, you know, Steve did everything cool, all right, whatever. I'm killing time. I'm like, I don't need to get ready yet. I watch a little yeah. TV, I do a little of this, whatever. So finally I started getting dressed, and the first thing was the shirt. I try to button the top collar. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know what, man? Like, I'm gonna just leave this for later. I grabbed yeah. the pants and I looked at the pants. And the pants was kind of wrinkled. I was like, oh, man, I did a good, good enough job. You know how sometimes you steam it, it looks fine, and you put it down, yeah, yeah. and then wrinkle back up. I'm like, damn, but I ain't got no time now because I waste all this time on this collar. Yeah. I, first of all, I put the pants on. My leg went into the pants, and that shit was smooth as hell. <laughs> I was like, I, didn't, I was like, oh, my God. It's not, not a wrinkle in sight, huh? Not a wrinkle in sight. <laughs> Try to button the thing. The the, the pants Dude. button wasn't buttoned. So I'm saying I'm looking in the mirror at myself. This is unbuttoned. This is unbuttoned. And I, I legit, I wanted to cry. I was like, yo, this wedding is starting like in. in <laughs> I can't do anything. I don't have time to go to Macy's or buy anything. It's like, so I looked at myself in the mirror. It's like, either you going get this shit done or you showing up in sweats. I said, no, nah, I can't do that. I can't go to be the only one in the wedding wearing sweats. I'll never let hear the end of it. So I, like the girls do, I lay down on the bed and I... <laughs> <laughs> no! Man. Yo. A single tear coming out of my eye. Like, oh, I can't believe this is where my life is at. Oh, man, you did the Beyonce. Oh, oh man. man. It was the worst. <laughs> hey, the it's the worst feeling. It, hey, the funny thing about it, you know it's about to be some bad news midway when you put that leg through. Oh, you yeah. Know. The lower you thigh. When, yeah, I lower saw thigh. Lower when I saw everything just stretch like that, that's when I knew, oh, shit, man, I'm in trouble. I'm in real big trouble. Man, do you know the top button? I literally just put the top. I didn't get it buttoned until, like, literally as we're pulling up on the venue. Finally, like, the I, whole see, car ride. At that point, you just think in your head, I don't need to be that formal. I can just, like, unbutton the top. Maybe Yeah, exactly. Maybe loosen the the knot a little bit and just be a little bit more informal, like oh, more casual. I, it was it was about the principles at that point, man. It's principalities. Yeah, <laughs> so you walk you walk to you walk to Lebertor's wedding, or you got to Lebertor's wedding, yeah. essentially wearing suit leggings. Basically, <laughs> basically, like I look like I look like Little Wayne out there. Like this, just, <laughs> that, that, that ain't pants. <laughs> You didn't get that in the pants section. <laughs> they were folded up, <laughs> jeggings or whatever. Oh, and Amazing. I got there late. <laughs> I'm so glad oh. you brought up that story. I mean, oh my god. Yo, so la cool, last qu last question. Yo, so I saw this on your Instagram, and at the time I I was like I was doing something else, but I was trying to figure it out. Yo, did you grow up with old girl from Family Matters? No, no, no. Like, so. So you talking about Cher, her name, her real name is Sherry Johnson. Right. But she played Maxine in uh, in Family. She played Maxine yeah. in Family. So yeah. She was um Laura's Winslow's Laura's best, best friend. friend. Yeah. 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 But before that, do you remember the shows she was in before that? In, in no, the eighties show. What was she in? She was um in Punky Brewster. She oh, was Punky Brewster. I do friend. remember. Yeah. yeah. Her name yeah. is Sherry on that. So she came up. On Punky Brewster, that's her first right. in the eighties. And right. shout out to her is a Punky Brewster reboot. That reboot, yeah. This, my my buddy Freddie Prince is on it. Is that right? Freddie Prince is on <laughs> that, that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From Chris. Wow. Okay. So to ask you a question about Fresno. So this was back in. It's funny. This is back in like 07. Uh -huh. 07. Like I had just finished playing college ball, and I'm working in radio. 
Sports Talk Radio. I'm a producer, booking guests. And this was when MySpace was the only thing we had. <laughs> and the incredible thing about MySpace was that it was the first time that we can, like, try to reach a star. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, the first time you could try to reach somebody. And if they see it, they see it. it may respond, may not. But right. you can actually get to them. Yeah. Like, you're and not going through the agent or whatever, or the booking agent. No, nah, yeah, you're yeah. not going none of that. You can actually get to them. And so that's funny. Like, kids now, nowadays, they don't know nothing about that life. They just think, oh, everybody's touched me. Yeah. Look at anybody. Nah, I talked to Kevin Durant right now. Yeah, I talked to <laughs> Kevin Durant will respond to me right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I diss him. He'll come clap back. But there was a time. No, but I love you, KD. Get. You know, I, I was just yeah. kidding earlier, yo. Like, <laughs> that's how they do it. But there was a time you just couldn't get in touch with Star. And Maxine was one. I I don't know how she um I found her that she was from Fresno. But I reached out to her and she told me that. Hold on. What's that? Can you tell her to stop? Alexa, stop. Yeah, Alexa, stop. <laughs> Man, if it ain't Alexa, it's serious. All right. So <laughs> I hit her up. I was like, man, big fan of yours. I don't think I was expecting much. Just big fan yeah. from Fresno. Grew up watching you on Punky Brewster and Family Matters yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. And she's like, oh, that's cool. And she was like, um, you know what? I see you from Fresno. My boyfriend is from Fresno. So I'll be there next weekend. Um, why don't you come over? Oh. I'm like, what? Whoa. I'm like, this, hold on. Like, this escalated. This like, how in the, look, look, y'all don't understand. This is Fresno. We don't have stars. Nobody, like, yeah. we don't, no, we don't got like, no. And so I've got Maxine from Family Matters. You know what I mean? Like, I had to be one of my crushes growing up. Like, what? So I told my wife, I had to bring the wife. I couldn't go over yeah. there solo. Okay. I couldn't Absolutely. do that. See, that's yeah. where I thought you were getting in trouble there talking about another girl. See, I, she, thought, hey, I thought she heard on, you talking about on, Maxine here. and you got uh, put in the doghouse. She just said, you didn't mention that crush you had. <laughs> I just said, I had to, I had a crush. I'm like eight years old. I'm like seven, eight years old. Okay, come on now. Let's not start that. Look, y'all getting me in trouble. Yeah, but that seven, <laughs> like, eight-year-old so- love, let me tell you, never dies. <laughs> it <still> never dies. <laughs> so I, I go over there and, and, and met her and took a picture with her. And it was crazy. And so that was like, I, that was like the first like Hollywood actor, star, whatever yeah. you want to call it, that I've ever met in my life. And um, from then, I've never, I've never spoken to her since 2007. But we always right. like followed each other on social media, but I never talked to her since then. And then she asked me to come on a podcast recently. I went on a podcast, it's funny. Her producer was doing the pod with us and she was, and he's, and he, he's a big NBA fan. So he, yeah. told, he said he told her, he was like, Cherry, did you see who just liked your photo? Mm-hmm. And she's like, who? You're like, that's Chris. Chris Haynes. She's like, Chris Haynes? Oh, yeah, he's from Fresno. Yeah. He's like, no, do you know what he does? Like, that's one of the, the big NBA reporters. She's like, Chris from Fresno? She didn't even know. She didn't even that's know. Lo- she was like, oh, hey, oh okay, that- bring him on the show. Okay. Huh? That's, that's yo, how that happened. The, the, the same shit happened to me when I was, so I got to, my first job in the NBA, I was working for the Hawks. And Rick Mahorn was on the staff. And the first time I ever met Rick Mahorn, I was carrying some boxes. And he walked by and he knocked the fuck out them boxes on purpose. He said, pick that shit up. And he just kept walking, right? So that was like, my relationship with Rick Mahorn was he just kept fuck with me every every chance he got, right? 
And then I left the Hawks, right? I, I left Atlanta. So I moved to Arizona. I finished my degree. Uh, you know, I, I went and I worked for the Knicks for a season. And then I came back and I got my graduate degree. Well, I got my graduate degree. I worked for the Suns and I'm working for the Suns. Worked for the Suns for six years. Now leave the Suns. Right? Now this is like my entire NBA career has now happened, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm working for ESPN and I go to Suns Pistons and I walk into the media room and Rick Mahorn carrying a tray and he look up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> he had no idea, yeah. like nothing. He didn't know I was yeah. in the media. He didn't know I worked for other teams. He didn't, he's just looking at me he's like, I used to like fuck with you every day. And now what are you yeah. doing here right now? And so I had to catch him up. I was like, yeah, man, like some shit has happened <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> man. Like, that's cool. That that's funny though. Story, like, that's no, Chris from Fresno. Story. Yeah, no, they come, they come, they come around, man. And hopefully, you know, you, you run into people that, and it was good to see her to see that it was she she liked that she saw that I you know I, I kind of went on the rise right yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's yeah, been man. she been in my hometown and she know Fresno. what she know what it's like. Yeah. I mean, hold on, I gotta ask you, man. Yeah. How did you cause I told my wife about this back when I saw it? How did you and Proctor from one of my great shows of power, how did y'all connect? That's the whole. I, 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 know, I know you got a relationship with with um with Cole. I know that. Yeah. yeah I respect Cole, whatever. But Proctor and Power. That's my sh- like. How oh. how did that come Jerry, about? Yo, Jerry, that's my guy. I'll get I'll get him on your podcast. I'll get him on your podcast right now, Woo-wee. man. Come on, I'll book, man. I'll book him, man. Nah, Jerry's come my on. guy. I, honestly, I don't remember. I think I honestly one of the weird things were like he like reached out to me like yo. I love your work. And I was like, oh shit. Like, and then and then from there, we just developed a, a, a real fun, cool relationship. It started about talking about the Knicks, but everything, man. That's my guy, man. He said Proctor. Jerry. Hey, he called him Jerry. Hey, let me Proctor. tell you. Yeah, Jerry. Let me, let me Jerry you, was the, just on restricted area with Waz and and uh and Zach. And like Zach, Jerry. Yo, I'm gonna tell you the best story, Chris. You know what he got married, he got married like two years ago or whatever. And uh he posted the first picture of him and his wife, you know, the wedding photo on Instagram. Thank yeah. you, uh, Brianna, for like making me the happiest man. Da 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 da. His caption, my right? beautiful caption, beautiful picture, the beautiful bride and him, or whatever. And it was at the same time Power was on when when Ghost was in jail, uh-huh. and all I'm Chris, I'm like all the comments. The fuck are you doing? Getting married? You got to get back and get yeah. Ghost out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Like this nigga taking time out to go get married and shit. <laughs> That poor man, yeah, wedding photo, man. Like, come on, yeah, y'all. And, and it's funny. There's, there's like two chapters of of Jerry. You know, the entourage. Yeah. People yeah. go, what's, what's his, what's his, what's his name on there? Turtle, 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 turtle entourage. Turtle. Yeah, because I would tell people, I'm like, Proctor, Proctor. I'm like, no, that's turtle. I didn't watch yeah. Entourage. But see, that's like, the thing. No, that's that's why. That's why he took. He'll, you ask him about this. He'll talk about. It. That's why he took the job because after Entourage, everybody wanted him to be the funny sidekick. Like okay. he was on Entourage, and like he needed, so I needed a role that was completely different, a completely different audience that didn't walk in looking at me a certain way, and that's why he did Power because he's uh, a lawyer. He didn't want to be Olaf anymore. Like, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a different, it's a different audience. It's a bunch of people who never watched Entourage, and so he yeah. was able to be and showcase like his skills. I'm a good, I'm, I'm for yeah. real, man. I, Coming I'm, up I'm on the posted up podcast with Chris Haynes. <laughs> yeah, we connected. We connected like a. Last year, maybe a year and a half at some point, but we never, uh, we never made it happen. Let's make it happen. Hey, Chris Haynes, Yahoo Sports. Go listen to his uh, podcast. Post it up with Chris Haynes. Latest one with Javale McGee. I think the the entrepreneur. Javale, the entrepreneur. Yeah. 
Go check out that podcast. And uh, Chris, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on today. This was great. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, thanks for having me. 